<laughs> that would have sucked. Who's hosting um, this week? Uh, I'd like for you. Poof, poof. Right, but I would like Elle to bring us in and introduce everyone. Okay. If it should be women led, the future is female. Right. What do I? What the fuck podcast. do I look like with my male ass oh. privilege? All right. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the We Like Watching podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things movies, TV, all of that. I am here with Jimmy Bone Bone. What's up? Mr. Hello? Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Oh, hey. Evie? Hi. And Kevin? Oh, I didn't see you walk in there. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Today we are talking all things Women's History Month, which this could be a lot to delve into, but the crew has been kind of watching a bunch of different things this week and kind of reflecting back on some of their favorite films featuring women, directed by women, and all of that. So before we do that, um, does anyone want to start with what they've been watching this week that doesn't have to do directly with our topic? I can go real quick. Some of it Mm -hmm. does after it. I mean... It's woman-esque, I would say, that I watched this week. So the two movies that I watched this week that um, they're older, but first one was What Woman Want. I don't care what anybody says. I love that movie. Mel Gibson kills in that movie. Me and Evie were talking yesterday. It's probably the best film where where Helen Hunt looks fire. Radiant. So she looks pretty incredible. If nobody's seen What Woman Want, they have to because I would love, I would love that power. That would be an awesome power to have. I will say, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. What is Elle thinking right now? She's thinking about. I'm thinking of all the Mean Girls quotes that I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So I, um, the other movie that I watched, and I have a bigger appreciation for Al Pacino, is Ascent of a Woman. Mm. I've never seen it. And I sat down yesterday when I got off work early, and I watched it, and I really enjoyed that film. I have That a- movie, to this day, has one of my favorite quotes that I, it feels no longer appropriate, but it's just because it was Al Pacino just yelling, She's got a great ass! Just like- <laughs> that, was, that was in Heat. Uh, long, like, uh, I don't want to step on any heat episode we might do in the future, but, uh, Al Pacino made a choice in that movie that he didn't, um, tell the director about. And that quote was a product of that. Also, if you're watching heat and you watch Hank Azaria during that scene, like nobody knew that Al Pacino was going to do that. Hank Azaria looks so shocked. And that's like a, a real reaction. Cause nobody knew it wasn't in the script or anything. Um, continue yeah. Yeah. Oh, so a Sign of a Woman, really good movie. Probably the best Chris O'Donnell film there is out there. Um, but that was really good. So those are the two movies I watched this week. It's not Leave bad it to men. <laughs> um, Leave it to men to not follow the script. That's all I had to say right, about it. Right. I will also know. say that I am in the cult of Helen Hunt as well. Um, I was astounded. Uh, there was an episode of High Maintenance where there was a gentleman that was also in the cult of Helen Hunt, and he had made a mural uh, of Helen Hunt in his apartment out of Lacroix cans. Um, mm. So I can I can really appreciate her. Uh, so. What flavor Lacroix though? It was a bunch of different flavors. You know that's how uh, I got any, yeah. any any Lacroix. Sorry for if we ever be sponsored, but any Lacroix is disgusting. Tastes <laughs> like TV static. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sleep. And fruit burps. Okay. okay. Good lord. What about you, Abby? Fruit burp. Fruit burps. <laughs> what have you been watching? Fruit boop. Um, yeah. This week, I wa- I've been watching Mama's Family. Um, so it's a a sitcom from the '80s, uh, starring Vicky Lawrence as the matriarch of a family of losers, basically. Um, but it's really funny, really well written. Um, it was originally a sketch on the Carol Burnett show, um, mm, gotta love and Carol. then created it, you know, into a an actual TV series. I think it's funny. I used to watch it before school on TBS all the time. Uh, it's very dated, but some of the themes are very, very progressive for the eighties and for today. So it's a good time. You should check it out. Yeah. What was the last eighties um, sitcom that you went down a rabbit hole of? I can't remember. Oh, there've been so many. I mean, oh, I regularly so watch golden girls episodes. What Kevin um, Hufflepuff? So many. I'm just saying there's so many. Oh yeah. Mary Cheers. Um, Wasn't it the Mary Tyler thinking? Moore show? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. That was, um, 60s 70s oh my bad uh, my bad no you're good you're good but yes i did go down that i had to stop around um season i think it was four because it really started to get rough um rhoda left the show so there was that comedy element that didn't work but, mm, but anyway yeah. still a good show watch it till the end it's yeah. excellent awesome what about you kevin chambers what have you been watching this week uh so i think the biggest thing that i watched this week that just kind of Hit me in the feels uh, was the series finale episode of Superstore. Uh, for anybody who hasn't watched Superstore, I highly, highly recommend it. It's got that good comedic vibe that you feel when you watch things like Parks and Rec or The Office. But at the same time, it deals a lot more, in my opinion, with actual like real life issues. Um, as someone who was raised by somebody who's been in the retail industry for 30 plus years, um, watching that show and just kind of relating it to a lot of the stuff that my mom has talked about in the past and she's worked for many, many different stores like the Bombay company, Mervyn's uh, target. And now with plum market, like there's, it's just watching them deal with a lot of stuff that they've dealt with and listening to her and her stories and the stuff that she's seen in the past has always been great. But at the same time, the show was very funny. It's one of those shows. that has got a great cast of characters that you can like find and you're like, Oh, I love Mateo or I love Cheyenne or any of these other people. Um, but the show also just wasn't afraid to address like, even other things that were going on in the world. Like it actually addressed uh, the whole pandemic situation in the middle of the pandemic. So like literally in the show, all the workers at the store, it's called cloud nine are like wearing their masks and they're like dealing with the whole, you know, new protocols and how that works. One of them like literally has to quarantine in his own garage for two weeks. So he like has constantly calling in on like really shitty zoom calls like, it's just, it's that kind of stuff. And and the show's over now, and it kind of was abrupt, but at the same time, it's still, I think, five or six seasons long. So I recommend it to anybody. Superstore on Hulu. Check it out. Yeah, it's been a while since I've tuned in, but I know I did like it when I watched the first two seasons or so. But, yeah. Um, what about you, Mr. Hufflepuff? I just want to say, uh, big up Mervyn's. I used to fuck with Mervyn's Hard Body Karate um, on <laughs> Ann Arbor Saline Road in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We out here. Um, where I, it's, it's where I used to buy all of my, my clothing from Master P. Right, 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 basically. School shopping? What? Mervyn's? <laughs> what? Um, 
I have four jobs now, so I haven't had any time to watch anything this week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's rough out here. Uh, I would say it's a recession, but it's not. Um, it's just we're busy. So job security, right? Right, right, right. Basically, essentially. No, I feel it. I can't say I watched much this week either. Um, tried to kind of go through lists more so of movies that I enjoyed that feature women prominently or were directed by females. Uh, so I can't say that I really like reflected back by watching any of them, but I tried my best to make my lists. And yeah. So do we want to get started with best female director? Now, uh, I know, Jimmy, you were talking about this before we started recording and you said something that kind of stuck with me since we started talking about this, which was what about female directors? Oh, so as I was doing research this week and just looking at stuff, like I feel like Hollywood needs to take a big look at how underappreciated and unseen a lot of women-directed movies. Like, I haven't seen half of the stuff that came up on the list. And I feel like it's because they've been hidden because the Hollywood world of, you know, I, I hate to bring it up, but like Harvey Weinstein and all these powerful men have kept women out of this industry. And frankly, it's kind of dumb. Because, I mean, like, Tina, like, well, she's not, like, a director, but, like, Tina Fey, like, I feel like she, she needs to get put up on, she's so good as mm-hmm. a writer, and just, I feel like women have just been underappreciated in the Hollywood light, and I think it needs a change. It does, it does. I feel like NBC is slowly coming around to the idea of of Tina Fey. Uh, or maybe not slowly. I, I think they're they're in her corner. Let me let me rephrase that. Well, she's um, a writer for one of your favorite shows, correct? I know, I know. Hollywood at large is coming around to the idea of Tina Fey, but I think NBC's been in her corner for a while because she was wasn't she the showrunner for Parks and Rec? Am I wrong? Was it it was her and Amy Poehler? Pretty much. No, she. I don't oh. believe she was that involved with Parks and Rec at all. Oh no no Thirty Rock Thirty Rock right? yeah oh yo absolutely yeah. she she Sorry. was yeah, running yeah. Thirty Rock and she wrote I believe the majority of it as well so right and then she's mm-hmm. involved with Mr Mayor so I, I feel like NBC they see her talent but um, I'd like to see her get some opportunities outside of the NBC universe um, so yeah well she was she also I believe either wrote or wrote and produced the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was, was, was quite uh, successful for a while on Netflix. But the thing about Netflix is that they're very weird about their shows and how long they go. I mean, literally they, they've one, one of my female centric uh, shows that I love and adore is not going to get its final season that it should have got, which is glow. uh, Mm. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And it's it's very sad to me because if you haven't seen glow on Netflix, it's fantastic. It's basically just it follows Allison Bree and a bunch of other people who become female wrestlers for this weird show called Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which is a thing that actually happened during the eighties. And as they go through it, they deal with so many topics that are still relevant today, but it still takes place in like nineteen eighty six. So little tidbit yeah. about um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That show was actually NBC Universal shot and produced that show, and it was actually supposed to air on NBC. 
um, and NBC just can't, uh, they just kind of canned it and they sold the, the rights to air to Netflix. Um, so that was actually, that's still a part of the NBC universe and it was supposed to be an NBC show. And if you watch the first season, um, you can see where the commercial breaks are. Like it was shot and it was supposed to come on NBC. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really interesting. No one's yeah. mentioned Tina Fey's all before all of this, which was Mean Girls, which I think needs to be talked about briefly. I'll never. She's working not, on a play right now, too, I think. Yeah, I'll never not take a moment to bring up Mean Girls because it's one of my favorites. But the I little hints. Yeah, I don't even go here. The little hints of like female empowerment, like you all have to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It only makes it OK for guys to call you sluts and whores. You know, all the little pieces in that, I think, you know, just if we're talking about this month, definitely Tina Fey, but Mean Girls was really one that I resonated with. Even now I can look back and say, okay, it's about queen bees and, you know, the people who are mean to others. And it's very important to just kind of sit back and think about why we perceive women in certain ways that we do. Yeah, So absolutely. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, I want to say real quick that like, with Jimmy having his kind of discovery, I had a little bit of discovery myself when we were when I was researching for this and kind of getting back into the whole female director thing. I didn't realize how many of my favorite films that I have loved and adored but didn't really know that much about were actually directed by female directors. Um, and I feel weird about that and almost like I should be, you know, shamed about that. But uh, one of the biggest things is I was like looking at a list and I was like kind of seeing where a lot of these go. And one of my favorites that I wanted to talk a little bit about was Catherine Bigelow. Mm -hmm. uh, because I feel like Catherine Bigelow has made a lot of really good films or films that have done really well in theaters and everything else, but I didn't realize that she was behind some of the ones that, you know, have been always in my mind or are part of like our pop culture, like the biggest one being Point Break. I completely mm -hmm. forgot that she was involved mm -hmm. with Point Break. And that's just insane to me to think that like, I have never associated her with that because when I remember the, the the movie that always stuck out with me, and I think it's a little too long, but I still think it's a good movie, The Hurt Locker. That's the one that always sticks out with me with Catherine Bigelow. But then knowing that Johnny Utah takes up like 60% of my brain most of the time, like quotes from him and, and you know, Gary Busey in that movie, to think that Catherine Brick Bigelow brought me that joy and eventually brought us the joy that is the 13,000 Fast and Furious movies because that's pretty much what the, what those movies are based off of, Point Break. It's weird to me to think that and to realize that I didn't even know that she had directed that film. And the same thing with one of my favorites, which I think uh, Hufflepuff, you and I really love this movie, and we watched it a couple of times together, American Psycho. Mm -hmm. um, did not realize that Mary Heron uh, directed the film. And and it's just, to me, is it's such a fantastic, fantastic film based off of a really scary book. And it's just like crazy to me to think that I have never fully associated a lot of my movie watching pleasure with all these female directors that I didn't really understand were out there. For sure. For sure. Abby, where do you stand on all of that? Oh, I don't know if I stand anywhere. Um, <laughs> I know. No, no, no. Uh, well, you're so I, uh, you're right. You're right. Um, I agree with Kevin. Uh, so Catherine Bigelow, I found out a few years ago that she was um, associated with like Point Break um, in the 90s and then also Blue Steel starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, it's not a great movie, but for whatever reason, I I saw it a couple times when I was younger and loved it. Um, and then she also did Strange Days, which I didn't know about until researching this week. I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. It kind of has her feel. Um, 
as far as directors that I'm currently uh, gagging over, as the young gays say, um, one is Chloe Zhao. Um, so I really, I'm really, really impressed with um, her work and learning like the movies, some of the art house movies that she's done. Um, I watched Nomadland as one of the Oscar contenders, and I thought it was beautifully done. I thought it was well directed. Um, another thing that I'm really excited for her now that I kind of understand like her tastes and her visions for her films and, and shows and stuff. Um, she's actually directing the Eternals, which is a Marvel um, IP about, you know, powered humans and aliens and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really excited to see what she does with that. The other, um, and I didn't realize I was shouting out all of my AAPI um, female directors, but Lulu Wong, I, I'm really, The Farewell, she directed in 2019, or that came out in 2019, starring Aquafina and Sima and uh, a whole host of other female AAPI actresses. Uh, just incredible. If you haven't seen Farewell, prepare to laugh, cry, and just be moved. Um, I think that probably is the movie I fell in love with Aquafina. I think it's some of her, her best work that she's done. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where where I'm at with my female director love. Yeah, cool. I personally, like, just a fun fact that I found out, like, through researching some of my favorite female films and then seeing who directed them and then seeing what else they directed, was that Clueless was directed by Amy Heckerling, who also directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I would have never, ever guessed that. It's just, it was interesting to me when I read that. And now it seems like she's more... Yeah, it seems like now she's directing more, like, TV show stuff. Like, she did some Gossip Girl, she did The Office, but um, it's just really interesting to me. What um what to you guys what so if you guys were to rank female directors or if, if we had to, I'm not gonna ask you to do that today, but if we had to, what do you think would be some of the criteria for being a good female director? Hmm. Because there are I, I'm gonna be honest, there's to me, there's one director that I hold in very high regard and She's done some Oscar-worthy movies, but a lot of her movies are kind of popcorn movies. Uh, she's done some TV show work, too. Um, but a lot of women, a lot of, if you look at any list, a lot of the women that are reg- put in high regard, they have a lot of samey movies. Like Catherine Bigelow, big up. Catherine Bigelow, like she did Zero Dark Thirty. That was a movie that Evie and I saw together, and I feel like Evie had a physical reaction to it. Um yeah, I sobbed from yeah. <laughs> from PTSD. I didn't even realize that I had. I've never served in in any type of military situation, but the for Hurt whatever Locker, reason, though, I think is better than Zero Dark Thirty. But that's my it, I, story wise. I agree with you. It is, but something about both of them have that visceral. I yeah, that I consider Catherine Bigelow feel now. Like if I were to go in a movie and it had that same vibe i would have said oh this must be a Catherine bigelow film yeah. i think the zero dark 30 i mean um hurt rocker has a better story zero dark 30 is a better like if you were to watch both those in the movies back to back you would be more impressed by zero dark 30 just because of the visuals i think um and, like, I, I personally think hurt locker runs just a little bit too long like there there's a point in the movie where it's like this should be the end of the movie 
or they should have just cut out like a certain section of I'm not gonna ruin it, but like a certain section of like Jeremy Renner's character's life. Mm-hmm. Like they they're like showing a lot of stuff and at a certain point I'm like, no, you guys can just remove this. You're you're elongating what were the point of the ending. So yeah. um but I do but I do agree with that assessment about, you know, that Hurt Locker having the better story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so what do you guys what are some good some what's some criteria that you guys would, would use to, to kinda rank female directors? One question I would have about it is mm-hmm. is how different would we rank or what the what the criteria would be to rank a female director versus a male director, I guess, because that's that's my big question. Is yeah. is there any particular thing that stands out? Because I, it's because I, I, I was thinking about this question when you first asked it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, what do I do to just, you know, think about any like director in general? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the, the question I'm, I'm trying to further push is. Is there something special that should be considered with female directors versus male directors, or no, are, are, they, think, are they on the so same? No, they should be in the same line. They, sh- they should be in the same line. I think uh, L and Evie know this. Uh, I can watching a movie. I can usually tell whether or not it was directed by a male or female, um, because any movie that's directed by anyone is going to have their point of view imprinted on the movie right like you're viewing the movie through their point of view yeah it's Um, their art right and it's a lot of times i don't want to say all the time but a lot of times you can kind of tell um who's directed it by the way that they shape the characters right so for instance uh i think it was jimmy l evie and i were watching um what the fuck what's the name of the movie with the people in the cave Oh, the descent. The descent. descent. We were watching the descent, and like a quarter of the way through, I was like, "There's no way that this was directed by a woman," because these women were spelunking and they had on full makeup, and they had uh, they had on like little tank tops and stuff, and it's just no no one who's gonna go spelunking is gonna do that. That only a man would see things that way, right? And so a lot of this is unavoidable. So I guess I say that to say. For a director, male or female, I think it's important to kind of get over your individual biases, right? Like, if you're showing a bunch of women spelunking, we'll take the male case, for example, I think that's bad directing if you're going to put them in lipstick and tank tops and little shorts and boots, right? And it better never be done again after this pandemic, because I will (laughs) tell you right now, there's too many people purchasing tie-dyed, like, sweatsuit sets. And not wearing makeup to make that even happen. Don't roll your eyes at me, okay? I'm trying to justify my target. No, bill. no, I roll. You're right. I, that's <laughs> so. the thing. I mean, I think that uh, a lot of I, you're absolutely right, Hufflepuff. A lot of male directors do that. They're going for the pretty aesthetic when it mm-hmm. comes to women because they it's how they, they see want it. it's to how they see, or may yeah. or may not see them. Right. It's well, yeah. it's what they want to see as well. If they want to see. That's how the Hollywood market has just been. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. it's uh, been that way for sure. since the beginning of of you know I mean, silent is, films. Is yeah. that is that why not there's a precedent of how women feel that they need to look because of how oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As a woman, I will answer you that. And it's and it's watching yourself back sometimes, like when you feel like someone who looks normal, they're usually the comedic character. They're, you know, different things that they can't necessarily be the love interest or whatever. So growing up, it's definitely something that 
whenever I would see someone who looked quote unquote normal to me and everyone's, you know, standards are different, but you know, wasn't like a size zero or size two to see them on TV. Like I felt like I instantly resonated with them. And I, I do think that that problem goes way back. Like we were talking a couple weeks ago about Judy Garland, Evie and I, and I think that that's, you know, it's always yeah. been a thing. Yeah. Has it gotten better? I don't, I mean, no, well, I, don't think it's, I, I mean, I, I saw a recent example and, and the, the way, as we were talking about the descent, it made me think of it. Uh, the queen's gambit. Um, there's a bunch of scenes in that movie where the young lady, the, the main actress is Anna Taylor J Anna Taylor joy. Um, joy, yep. so when she's having her psychotic breakdown or she's falling into like, you know, the, the, the lowest point in her life and she still is like, you know, laid out with cigarette in hand and underwear and just like looking, you know, still like tragically beautiful. And it was just like one of those moments. I'm like, I don't think this is how anybody looks when they hit rock bottom or have a psychotic break. Like right, this doesn't right. seem, I don't, feel, I, I don't, okay. I don't feel sexy in the middle of my psychotic breakdowns. Like I'm not, you know, just finishing my, my 1000th like chin up and just going like, Oh, Oh, life is so hard. Flex, flex, flex. Like that doesn't no, that doesn't work that way. Which mm -hmm. blows me away because like Anna Taylor Joy, for example, and then Marielle Heller, who is also a female director who is acting in the Queen's Gambit. Um, she does an excellent job, in my opinion. It's interesting that women like that are involved in projects like that and are willing to do that. It's like, I'm not going to lay on this settee looking sexual while I'm having a nervous breakdown. Like, not going to happen, right? Like, I don't care what the director says. Like, sometimes they're, sometimes as an actor, you have to step up and be like... This doesn't feel right. The problem with that, though, is that you get the reputation for being difficult to work with. I know. And I understand. So it's, it's 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 a fine line. Yeah. yeah. The reason is that, that I also with think Catherine Heigl. I also think uh, that no, Catherine Heigl. I heard was just terrible to everyone, <laughs> female and male alike. I don't know that. It's hearsay, so don't sue me, Catherine. Yeah. I, I would also argue that this also comes into play with like not to get away from what we talk about, which is movies and TV and everything else. But in our modern world, since cameras are constantly on each other and we're taking pictures and everything else, I think one of the other problems, too, is now we look at this whole thing of like these, you know, captured in the moment shots, you know, like, oh, like I just happen to be looking down as I'm walking through the street with like my heels. Yeah, the fake candidates like it. it that, I think that's kind of it's seeped into every part of culture and especially for women who you know go into these details and do these kind of things like seeing that so like suddenly you're like oh now like my psychotic break has to look you know beautiful in every sense of the word because that's my candid moment yeah absolutely um to answer your your original question though kevin um i don't think it shouldn't matter the criteria shouldn't be different for men or women but the criteria for both should be that you try to work through whatever gender biases that you have um and try to show people and uh, in a, a as realistic of a light as possible, right? Um, to so I guess I said that to say um, a lot of these women, like Catherine Bigelow, a lot of her movies are very samey to me, right? Like she doesn't have as much range in her film portfolio as someone like Penny Marshall, um, who I hold in a very high regard. Um, Penny Marshall, she directed A League of Their Own. She directed Big with Tom Hanks. Uh, she directed uh, United States of Terra, Renaissance Man. You guys remember that movie with Danny DeVito? Uh, and she yep. also directed episodes of La La Laverne and Shirley. I think Penny Marshall, to me, she's one of, I don't want to say she's the best, but she's one of the best 
female directors just because of the range that she has and the types of movies that she makes also um in her ability to tell stories um i really i really enjoy her um and that, that was kind of the point that i wanted to make um what i what i appreciate though is like some like Catherine bigelow for example she she knows her her market or mm-hmm. she knows what where her talents lie mm-hmm. and she does that so fucking well like she stays in that lane mm-hmm. while encouraging other directors you know female directors directors to do their thing right i think like ava duvernay is another example of that like she's stretching a little bit but even when she does things that you wouldn't expect her to do um it's not so far outside like her her lens her scope i think the problem is when some when some directors male female otherwise when they try to like oh i have this really creative vision for like a superhero movie for example um but it's super cerebral and overly intellectual and it's not what i would consider fun to watch it doesn't have enough of the superhero element to it then it's like okay why did you even why were you even tapped to direct this you know what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. and that goes for any director i think i think um stretching is always a good thing but also remaining true if there's like source material like not fucking yeah. with it too much mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely um so like let's move on to our next category which would be uh some of the best female biopics um, I think just uh, this whole episode might honestly get us in trouble. Nobody's going to be happy. All of this is from our own point of view. Um, so we're not going to like, somebody's going to listen and be like, you guys left out this person or this movie. And we yeah, probably, if you have a problem with any of our selections, yeah. feel free to reach out to us at we like watching pod at gmail.com. Once right. again, that's we like watching pod at gmail.com. Feel yeah, free to tell us about how much hate mail and everything else. Yeah, please right. let us know. And we could even address these things in future episodes just to kind of call out some of our fans and say, hey, thanks for listening. Appreciate that you really, really think that, you know, Kevin Chambers has horrible movie taste. Appreciate it. Uh, just make sure to do it in a civilized way. Like, don't call us, like, fart nuggets or, like, assholes. Like, let's just be civil about it. Like, we're not perfect, um, so I just wanted to make that that preface. But what are some of your, your favorite female biopics? Well, let's start. What what makes a good female biopic to you guys? Let's start uh, there. For me, I feel like the biggest thing is being honest about you know the person and and who they were and what they did and because i feel like there's a lot of times with biopics and and even the one that i'm gonna say that i that i love i feel like kind of you know puts a little sugar on it but like the whole thing is that like if if you're being honest because you should always portray somebody in, in their full light unless you have a specific agenda with a biopic and if you have a specific agenda with a biopic that always kind of feels disingenuine to me but i think that's just because i want to know about everyone's flaws just as much as i want to know about all of their amazing features yeah yeah so so what's your what's your favorite biopic selena i I, that's on my list is is that j-lo's best performance or is it hustlers yes no is it it's not no no. it's It's chili okay it's It's enough (laughs) Oh, exactly. We miss, yeah. we miss you, Ben I Affleck. Agree. I we love agree. you, Ben Affleck. Come back. Hustlers, <laughs> Hustlers is better than enough. 
No. Nope. No. She's no, better. She's better in Hustlers than she is in Enough. Enough is the best category to talk about right now with Women's History Month. That woman is strong. She took control of her life. She did. And beat shit out of that guy who treated her so mm-hmm. bad. Not yeah. good. Right. You. Well, really? well we don't biopic on Jennifer. Are you? Uh, so <laughs> Ramona and Hustlers like took over her own life and made sure that no one ever fucked with her or her child until right, right. you know. So so her. so yeah. we're saying okay. So Selena. So it's not her best performance. So enough. What's the consensus here? I I uh, so this is Evie, right? Yeah. Um, in case you didn't know my voice, um, I I agree that Selena is probably her best, which is crazy because that was one of her earlier films. Yeah. I think she does such a good job on stage of like embodying who Selena was, right? And then the acting behind the scenes stuff that no one really knows about per se. I thought she was she was like captivating to watch. She delivered lines really well. Um, you know, some of her other acting movies, like, what was that, Made in Manhattan? Yeah. Like, her acting isn't the best, right? But it's that ty- style of movie, too. That shit was trash. But, God, Selena, I could watch it. We watch that once a year, every year, it seems like, it growing up. Right, it hits you right in the guts. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does. <laughs> and and, and it, But it, it also, like, marks, in my opinion, such an important cultural uh, icon for, you know, the time and for the world. And it, and it does a great job, I think, of showing how she kind of fit into that world but at the same time struggle because she was young i mean that's the thing is that like a lot of these cultural icons that we have these days like a lot of famous people are you know realize they either have been famous since they were kids or are still kids and they're doing things i mean post malone looks like he's 74 i love you post malone but you look like you're you know in your your 50s or 60s (laughs) and he's like 25 yeah he's 25 not to get off topic but have you seen have you seen some of his old stuff he looks Oh, oh, it looks yeah. crazy. But <laughs> I will say, and this maybe also helps with the original question, I think no matter who the director is, if you're going to create this type of film, you have to make sure that you are following the wishes of the family. And mm-hmm. so I think with Selena, I think it's abundantly clear beyond acting that the family's perspective and views and their wishes were honored in that. And um, even in like the Netflix series, you know, you can tell what a big role they've had, even though, you know, so much time has passed. So just a l- afterthought, since we're talking about Selena, I think they did a nice job of it really including the family. And maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know the history I, of it, but it seems like a pretty valid perspective, you know? There, there was, I don't there was think a report about it. I don't think that. you're wrong. L- oh, um, the problem, though, is when the family is trying to put an image of a person out there that is not true was not true like oh, i think sure. of like the the family of of i can't think of his name i'm blanking now from green book right like they didn't like the fact that it portrayed him as being gay um or bi or whatever i mean having relations with other men right but was that a reality yes from what i've heard and read um but the family was trying to like tank the whole pro uh production because they didn't want to be reminded that he was gay and so sometimes you have to like yes i agree that you want the family involved so you can get their perspective and and try to get a well-rounded view of who the person was but at the same time you have to take it with a grain of salt and be like okay but if they're trying to tout this person up as a saint when when they were a slut or had a gambling addiction yeah no like we're we're not gonna leave that out 
We're not going to call them sluts, though, either. Right, right, right. I mean, uh, hey, no, no, a, I'm, hey, I might be a slut. You don't know. I don't. I don't know your life or your choices. Right. Um, but no, I I do agree with that. So maybe just just the ability to perceive and the ability to take in information in films like this about what is true and what is not. And yeah. I don't think that was the case necessarily. I know that you're you're talking about in general, but with Selena, I can tell that, you know, it doesn't seem like they tried to sway anyone too different about her being, you know, which, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do we feel about Aaron Brockovich? That's on my list. Um, mm-hmm. I So I'm a huge Steven Soderbergh fan. I, I love, and I, I, he's not for everyone. Um, because the way that he, the way the dialogue in his movies is, is not the way that people talk. Um, Mm. but it's on an intellectual level. It's so intriguing. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I love Julia Roberts. So uh, I'm all over Aaron Brockovich and it's a good story. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's still relevant, you know? Yeah. I think she and, um, oh, what's his name? Daddy Warbucks. The guy, her boss in the movie. I think they, I can't think of uh, Finney. Anyway, uh, they had such a great rapport between them. And I think that's what made the movie for me. I didn't really like her, her interaction with, was it Aaron Eckhart? Eckhart or? Yeah, I think it was Aaron Eckhart. Or the other one that kind of looks like him. Um, I didn't like that as much, but man, she, she, her other interactions in the movie were great. Those scenes were amazing. Um, Albert Finney. That was Albert the, Finney. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any others that you guys have? Uh, you mentioned one earlier. That's probably it's definitely in my top five movies. Are all female driven? Some biopics or biopics, whichever you prefer. Yeah. And but the one you mentioned was A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those movies that I don't care where it is. Yeah. If it's like on TV, I, I could sit down and watch it and enjoy it. It has so many quotable lines right. and it was seriously based off like anecdotal story, you know, stories um, from the all American female baseball players. Uh, I, it's just, it's amazing. Like the whole cast, nobody in it shits the bed. Everyone is on their game. Incredible. Yeah. It's moving. It's funny. It, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it might be an almost perfect film for me. Right. Also, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Cause yeah. it's like that. The cast was just perfect. Like Gina Davis. Yeah. Like Tom Hanks. They, they, they all play their roles so well. Even like the smaller, uh, roles. Uh, what's, what's the name of the husband is, is it? That's Bill Pullman. Yeah, it's Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even, even I can't think of her name now. I'm blanking today, guys. Sorry, but um, <laughs> the one who everyone perceived as "quote unquote" ugly in it, her dad has like maybe all of five minutes on that screen, but he rips your heart out at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, and it's like, oh my god! So you yeah. knew you were in for a good time. Yeah, it's one of those movies like The Godfather where it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it or what part of the movie you come in on, you can watch it. You can start watching it and be entertained. And that's real mm-hmm. hard to pull off. So um, big shout out, Penny Marshall. Um, some other movies that I had, uh, I had some notes about some. So I had some little antidotes about some. And then I had some that I actually thought were good. Uh, Jackie, 
that is the Jacqueline Onassis, uh, a.k.a. John F. Kennedy's first wife, a.k.a. the first person that had to deal with the paparazzi. Um, it was the biopic that Natalie Portman did. I think I walked on the set of this movie in 2016 <laughs> in, in lower Manhattan. Um, Weird so, flex, but okay. Right, 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 right. Did it? I thought it... Wait, it came out in 2016, so yeah. I'm not sure we would have been on set unless they were doing like post-production like Shots. little scenes. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I like I said I think. Yeah. I didn't say I did. Um Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Frida um oh, so good. Is it It's fine. Yes. Um, it is. So good. <laughs> um, you want to talk about a movie that that embodies the the energy the essence of of the person it's it there are parts of it that are weird right and i think salma hayek does an amazing job of playing frida kahlo that's crazy but like the feel of that movie makes you look feel like you're looking at frida kahlo's artwork i guess what i took away from it maybe i just don't like salma hayek like i never thought that she was a good actress um my takeaway from that movie is the that the detroit industry mural is amazing and if you're ever in a D yeah. and you go to the DIA, um, stop by the stop by and, and take a look at it. Like you'll be there for one hour minimum. It's amazing. Like that, it, that good old Diego Rivera mural. Right, right. That it's was my so that was my takeaway. Just to let you guys film. know, I actually have been to Frida's home in uh, Mexico City, and what? and I can't recommend it enough. It's 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 so full of so much. And the thing about it with Frida is that beyond like seeing the movie, I haven't known much besides her artwork and a lot of other stuff, but I know that she's, she had such an interesting life because of the struggles that she went through, but like those were never really portrayed within a lot of the media around her, except for, I think like this movie as well as like the actual history of her. But like I, whenever I think of her, I always associated her with like bright colors and this whole sense of like other beauty. So I, I can't recommend that enough. If you guys ever get a chance to go to Mexico city, go to Frida's house. Right, 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 right. And try try to avoid earthquakes. Um, <laughs> Harriet, um, so I haven't seen it. Um, and part of the reason that I haven't seen it, that's the Harriet Tubman movie. that I think it came out two or three years ago. 2019. Yeah. 2019. Um, it has Cynthia Revo starring as Harriet Tubman. Um, my barber saw this, and she said it was fire, and that's how I knew it was trash. So that's why I didn't see it. Oh but but so you and I talked about this Hufflepuff. Okay. Like yeah. the the movie has there's a good movie in there somewhere. Uh huh. But um, the things. Do we know who directed that? Uh, I don't. Let me look it up real quick. Okay. While well, I'm talking, look yeah. it up. But um, I my guess is that uh, I would be surprised if a woman directed this. Because some of the things that they chose to do, like making Harriet Tubman overly pretty, um, they gave they gave Cynthia Revo's Harriet Tubman a hair treatment that was not around then. Um, like she had spiral curls, it just it was not good. Um, there was some real weird anachronistic stuff that did not make sense for the time. Um, the other thing is they only showed the part where she was getting out of slavery and then the 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 first little bit of her like it, it was directed by oh yeah it was directed by a woman which is Casey who was it Casey Lemons. okay i'm going to look her up because that choice to make her look the way she did is 
not good. Like, yeah. I mean, she gets she gets like chopped in the face with a hatchet at one point. Like, she's not going to be gorgeous, right? Sure. Like, she's beautiful in her own way. Don't get me wrong, but like, they made her they 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 overly makeuped her um, Cynthia Revo, and it just didn't work for me. Sure. Um, but the other thing is like, Harriet Tubman led. She led a company of soldiers, and the movie ends right before that comes about. And it's like that's the interesting. I mean, the 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 Underground Railroad, the beginnings of it. That's that's interesting as well. But she did so much more in her life, and they right. neglected a lot of that. And I, that's what I didn't appreciate about right. the Harriet movie. I one hundred percent agree. Um, I think. If you're going to tell a story about Harriet Tubman, and this, this, I guess this leans more into black history than, like, woman's history. I guess some of it is woman, woman's history. Um, everybody knows her story with the Underground Railroad. Uh, whether you're from the middle of Indiana and you didn't go to school with 80 black people like Evie, or you're like me and Kevin and you went to school with all black people, you know the story. Um, I think... Everybody knows that, um, but what a lot of people don't know is that she was the only woman to lead men in the Civil War. Like that's that's important. Yeah. That's yeah. That, yeah. Um, she was also one of the only Black people to lead men in the Civil War. Um, so I think not telling a huge chunk of that story. I think that's a misstep. I, I also feel like if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a film that is a corner piece of history you need to make sure that you capture everything about that yeah particular subject you can't leave out details yeah and i feel like they picked and like i haven't seen it but from the sounds of how evie's depicting it they kind of picked and choose what they thought would be good to highlight when they should have focused on the whole aspect of Harriet Tubman and not just one particular part of her life. Right. I was, I was, I was so invested and ready. And then the movie abruptly ended. And that's the part that killed me is like, okay, you've won me over. This is like, this is amazing. Right. Like let's keep going. Keep, Oh, okay. The movie's over. Right. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just, my thing is, is like, if you need to make a five hour movie to tell the story, do it make it two movies it's right. like you know like what we were talking about with the Zack snyder cut in order to get that much story in you might need two movies right we'll do it like you know like harriet tubman's interesting enough like people like hufflepuff said enough people know about her right make two movies if you have to you know what i mean and and tell the whole damn story right right um so then i guess to get serious so my top three um are the post um, I think that's a that movie is fire all the way around, um, from the dialogue to the cast. Like, so many great actors and actresses are in it. Carrie Coon, um, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, uh, Bruce Greenwood. Um, like, so many good people are in it. Uh, the way that it's it's like a play almost, and it tells the story of of a woman dealing with a business that's changing. Um, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me. Coal miner's daughter fire. Let's not forget about it. Um, I'm surprised you've seen that. Uh, yeah. Um, it also, it, it makes Tommy Lee Jones sexy question <laughs> mark. Was there ever a case where Tommy Lee Jones wasn't sexy? Yes. I mean, yes. Have you, have you seen the fugitive? Come on. I have. Come on. Oh my goodness. Come on. Or even I US didn't kill Marshals. my wife. 
I don't care. Um, He's so good. But yeah, yeah. So coal miner's daughter, fire. Um, <laughs> and then for the black people, for all the black people out here, what's love got to do with it? This is the first biopic that I ever saw. Um, shout out Tina Turner. Shout out leaving your man in a literally leaving your man in a limo and only having 36 cents to your name and fucking making it and becoming one of the biggest rock stars of all time. Um, Such a cool story. Right. Such yeah. a cool story. Great performances all around. Lawrence Fishburne. Yep. Who's going to forget that? Um, Angela Bassett. I mean, right. Oh, it's so good. Right. And, and, and the the meme now of Lawrence Fishburne as, as Ike Turner will forever be ingrained in everyone's mind. So for all the 15-year-olds who are listening, thank you for listening, first of all. Second right, of all, right. if you've ever seen the, the gentleman with the bowl cut making the, the kind of crazy face in a meme... That would be Ike Turner, right, aka right. Lawrence Fishburne, in right. this movie. As a quote says in Liar Liar, there's no such thing as a weaker sex. Right, right, right. I, uh, I'm going to throw out one that no one said yet, and this might be controversial, but I think you know it's controversial because of everyone's perception of this person. Um, but I really like the way that Michelle Williams portrayed um, Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Yeah, in My Week with Marilyn. I think it's a tough story to do. I, I think you'd have people mad no matter which way yeah. it went. But I've always really respected her. And uh, I, I liked seeing it. Um, I Agreed. know someone who... So Michelle Williams, as an actress, I love her. But it's because I love Dawson's Creek, right? And I can't... She's she is I a good actress. I can't she separate those two. But oh. um, I know people had trouble with her portrayal of Marilyn. Um, and it had yeah. more to do with the look and not the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's move. Let, what did you say, Jimmy? I said I felt like they made a really good job. She almost looked like her. It, uh, well, maybe what I've heard is. As, like, maybe not as, like, I don't know, because. She doesn't have the curves of Marilyn Monroe, but what I've heard is that it's the movement of the mouth that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on to some of our favorite female intellectual part, intellectual, intellectual. Can somebody um, like it's intellectual, intellectual properties, intellectual properties. I'm struggling. I got four jobs, guys. Like, come on. Um, so, We're proud of you. We love you. Um. My list is low-key a basic bitch list. Um, so I need one of you guys to kind of bring the, like, intelligence level up. I need somebody to come with some, like, intelligent shit. Because I've got all of these things I love. But, um, yeah. So what what are some of your guys' favorites? I'm going to bring up something that I talked about earlier and go in a little more in depth, I guess. And that would be Glow. Um, mm, mm, because mm. I think Glow is such an underrated show and concept and everything else. Um, and it features so many great performances from different people. Uh, and so for, for anybody who doesn't know, I'll, I'll give a little more and like things behind Glow. So the original Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling was this really weird wrestling show from back in the day that also somehow turned into a sketch show uh, featuring rap battles and uh, stereotypes of people of all kinds basically coming at each other left or right. And so Netflix decided at some point to make a show that was kind of based on this. Now, it's not the exact direct, you know, it's not a bio show of the actual people in it, but it just features 
a lot of those particular characters. And so it deals with so many things, including like identity, um, you know, personal, you know, gender roles, uh, you know, how hard it is for people to make it in Hollywood, like all these particular details. And for me, it does such a great job because it, it has, again, a really, really good cast. You have Betty Gilpin, you have Alison Brie, you have uh, Mark Marin, who does a great job as Sam, who's just this like schlock director who makes all these like horrible gore movies from the 60s and 70s. And here he is in the 80s just looking for a job that can help him with his cocaine habit. But as time goes on, it also tackles what I think is one of the weirdest um, forms of entertainment that that's out there. And that's professional wrestling because professional wrestling is such a weird, weird thing. And and there was a time in the 70s, 80s and even early 90s where it was very serious because people looked at it as a very serious thing. They believed in it and they believed that the the issues that these people had where they would come at each other and, and fight and, and do these things. It was such a big, you know, very serious thing. And now, you know, of course, it's comedy. It's, you know, for dumb people or people who are trailer trash, quote unquote, not my exact words but with glow glow did such a great job of kind of showing you how weird of an art form wrestling is while also still tackling a lot of the major like gender issues social issues political issues even like race and everything else girl in the in the show who has to deal with the fact that everyone perceives her as a terrorist because she's middle eastern it also it it stars the Michael Jordan of podcasting, um, Mark Marin. So yeah, shout out to uh, WTF with Mark Marin. It's an excellent podcast. Right, right. He's literally the Michael no, listen, Jordan guys. of podcasting. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people need to also realize real quick that wrestling may be predetermined, but it ain't fake. Oh no, yeah. That's for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Um, one one day, Jimmy and I will lead you guys down the path that is professional wrestling and and how that has functioned in our world. Okay. <laughs> what yeah, are wait. some What are some uh, of the other IPs, female led IPs that you guys like? Um, can I say a movie or no? Yeah, it's we like watching. If you can watch it, it's it can go on the list. Okay, and I'm just queen of controversial opinions, but you got to understand I grew up on Lifetime and Investigation Discovery, so sad movies were kind of my jam. Um, We're here to help you grow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, tell that to Bette Midler in Beaches. Oh, shit. Oh, so good. Right, so good. Mm -hmm. Um, CC Bloom, shout out. Right. Mm -hmm. Also, shout out Mayim Bialik. That's a movie I feel like you can watch 30, 40 years from now, obviously, yeah. and you still get that that true tale of friendship like over time. I, I think it aged really well. Um, it's fun to see you know, where it takes place and everything and how that's older now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that it, it's a story that can resonate with a lot of people. Now that you brought that up, though, like I just feel like the first Wives Club. That's what I was thinking, too, when I, I read some lists, and it's just yep. you know the cast and that. Um, that is wonderful. Yeah, for sure. And then another one, because someone said Dolly Parton earlier, and I love the musical version of this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say 9 to 5. Cause I would agree. I think that that was really important. How could you too. not love 9 to 5? Well, I, uh, I think uh, Hufflepuff just watched it for the first time ever the other day. I did. Um, so things that I took away from the movie, uh, the first, like... I don't know how many minutes of the movie 
it's not uh it's not like wonder woman the first wonder woman where there are no men but i liked how the first like part of the movie was about the women also in the movie the first three names that come up in the credits are dolly parton um jane fonda and lily tomlin i I really appreciated that so um yeah yeah um can i throw one out out that and you could tell me if it's not but i know i wrote it down silence of the lamb it yeah silence of the lambs Amazing. And what's interesting? I just feel uh, like yeah. it's a powerful character that Jodie Foster plays, and she's able to stand up to Hannibal Lecter and kind hey, of. To me, like that that sh- that represents that that whole Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, everything. To me, represents such a weird thing for me because I think that it started off so strong, mm-hmm. and nothing nothing against you know Julianne Moore, but like, uh, like like. Jodie Foster was just so great in that role, mm-hmm. and and it just got so weird over time because I mean they kept the the main focus of the series, which was Anthony Hopkins as you know Hannibal Lecter, but like as they changed her out, and like even now as they're bringing the show out, Clarice, like I've tried to watch a little bit of it, and I just I can't really get into it. Is, is it is it hard to watch because you're so invested with the. It, it, it feels so heavy-handed. Like literally, the the promotions that they had for it was the actors playing as Clarice walking out and discovering a lamb. Like yeah. like that was like part of like the promo stuff. So like every time I saw any of the promo stuff and I've seen just the clips that I've seen, I'm like, it just it doesn't feel like it's gonna do the original movie justice. Gotcha. So this isn't watching per se, but it's reading. Um, something that you you guys have kind of talked about is the so the book series right that that's that the movies are based off of it actually started out um with hannibal and a male investigator um which red dragon was a fine book right um but silence of the lambs is where it really kicked into gear and that was because the character of clary starling in the the novels was so bomb and kick ass. And I completely agree with you guys that like Jodie Foster, I, I personally believe she embodied that character like, like no one else, including Julianne Moore. Unfortunately, um, I feel like they kind of lobbed that one at us and it, it, it fell short. So two questions. Um, Buffalo bill. That's funny, right? Like, no, am, I'm not the only one that I'm the only one that maybe, laughed at that. Maybe the Joe Dirt version, but okay. <laughs> I, think, I, just... I, I think Hufflepuff, you and I, we, we clearly our our friendship has been built off the idea of how much we laugh at things we shouldn't. Okay, sir. Um, sir. I mean, between between that movie and uh, was it the Rules of Attraction and yeah, and sir, James sir. Vanderbeek tried to cut his wrist with a, a safety blade. Right, like, right, right. Just if that's your takeaway from Rules of Attraction, there's a problem. If it's not the gay sex between James Vanderbeek and Ian Summerholder, who boy? Uh, I mean, that Young was Women's History Month. Right, right. I know, I'm I know, just, but damn. Um, I just the idea of a guy tucking his dick between his legs and wearing a woman's skin. I don't know. It's just it, he's so crazy that, that it's funny to me. Um, next question. Who's more badass? Uh, Clarice or Ripley from Alien? Ripley. Ripley. Clarice. R- Ripley is, is a, a billion times over. She has to deal with a acidic fitting xenomorph from another planet and also clones of herself that look like Jabba the Hutt. 
So, and, uh, so that was my favorite. That was, better. <laughs> that was my favorite female-centered IP would be it, Alien, yeah, the original. Too. Yeah. So good. Um, so if you put Clarice and Ripley in a room and said one of only one of you gets to come out, you saying Ripley comes out? Yes. Are you sure, no, Clarice? Because Clarice got she's got that mind control. She'd be playing those mm-hmm. those games with the mind. But, you know but Ripley can't be controlled. You know why Clarice comes out? Because somehow Hannibal Lecter gets in the room and saves Clarice. I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> might be right, though. Jacob yeah. might be right about that. He doesn't, but here's the, that's the fascination about that movie, though, is he won't kill her. That, yeah, won't. She, so his whole thing about killing people is that, like, he only kills people that he considers unworthy or, like, wastes of space, and, Cl- and, and Clarice has, is not. Yeah, he has like a fatuation about her. So then, yeah. do you think that he would see Ripley and consider her a waste of space? Because I don't think he would. I think if he's if uh, well, that's a great argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just something I was thinking about. Um, did Maybe anybody we do have... like a a female badass bracket? Right, like, right, Ripley. Oh, that would be yeah. fun as fuck. I know. That'd be a cool visual. I think. Um, I think that's a good idea. Obviously, fucking Rose Nyland from Golden Girls, she would be S tier, right? Yeah, <laughs> in, in that bracket. Um, does anybody actually? Ha- yeah, but Betty White in general in everything S tier. Sure, sure, sure. She's she's in Mama's Family, and she's only in it for like two seconds every five episodes, and she steals everything. Sure, sure, sure. Um, does anybody else have any other um, female centered IPs? That they wanted to throw out there? Yes, I would like to, really quickly, just because I would be remiss, there are two, um, and they are both based off of novels. um, Novels that I've read, and I've met the authors, and they are amazing. One is The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. Um, So both the novel and the movie, fucking incredible. Um, Alice Walker is is a true gem. Um, When we lose her, we lose a really bright star. The other one is Fried Green Tomatoes, based off of Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg. Uh-huh. Um, is that just... the Vagina in the Mirror movie? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, getting to know your vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes it is. So I have some some IPs that we would be remiss if we didn't like include. Um, after Alien, I had I Love Lucy. Um I love Lucy, Lucille Ball. She did so much for women in comedy and women standing up for their money and women taking over shows. Um, we, we would be very remiss if we didn't talk about her. Every time yeah. I watch Lucy, even today, I'm sleep. She's so funny. Um, so uh, even just her personality, like, right? Um, Kill Bill. We can't, we can't talk about IP, women-led IP without talking about Kill Bill. Um, I'm not, what'd you say? I I don't like Kill Bill. I, well, Uh, I have an unpopular opinion here. Uh, Kill Bill 1 is so much better than Kill Bill 2. And I know there are people that. That's not unpopular. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right. Well, I, there are a lot of people that think Kill Bill 2 is it. I don't know, man. I think Kill Bill 1 is is the movie. Kill, Uh, Kill Bill 1 is, is the movie that sets such a precedent that volume two just can't pick up to. And what's even crazier to me is the... I don't know if any of you have ever heard about this. 
but there's a script out there that Quentin Tarantino wrote, but hasn't fully like finished for Kill Bill Volume Three. Oh, what? and right, and and th- Volume Three would actually follow. This is going to be spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen uh, one or two, but Volume Three would basically follow uh, the children that are involved in this movie. So uh, the bride's daughter. And also Vivica Fox's character, her daughter. Basically, right, right. it's this whole thing about vengeance and and those kind of particular things. And it even brings back L. Driver, who is missing her eyes, but she trains uh, Vivica A. Fox's daughter to basically go on this vengeance spree uh, against the bride. So that was one of those things. And but I I fully agree with you. And I don't think I actually know that many people who have said to me at least that they love Volume Two over Volume One. But I think Volume One is just it's that's such a high mark. And then volume two just can't fully keep up with it absolutely absolutely um the hunger games i think that's more of as an ip in general i'm gonna be real honest with you the movies aren't they're okay Uh, (laughs) i think think it's because i'm i'm over them yeah yeah like i don't really want to spend any more time in that universe i just feel it was how it was pushed off on everybody so that it's just like eh. Like, it was a great message, but I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Us, um, I think that is one of the biggest Oscar robberies of all time. Um, Lupita Nyong'o should really have, like, four Oscars by now. Like, how she doesn't have at least four is, like, fucking mind-blowing. I I have never seen Us, but it's on my list of things that I still need to watch so badly. Slime. Watch it at night. You'll thank me later. Um... She lost the Oscar to Renee Zellweger playing fucking uh, uh, Judy Garland. Come on. Renee was, Zellweger, like... It wasn't a good biopic of Judy Garland, I think. Right. So that. Um, but Us, I think that's one of the, the best. Uh, and then uh, Golden Girls. We have to talk about it, although the oh. show is low-key racist. Um, <laughs> um, but we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. So, I love gold. I just that is. I say I've said it probably a couple times on this podcast, but right, I'm gonna have to take a personal day when when that happens. And you yeah, all yeah, absolutely. It is a funny show, but I will ask if you're listening to this and you think I'm wrong that this show's not low key racist. Um, go to the IMDb page and count how many actors or actresses you have to go through before you find somebody that's black. And then you can email us. Um, <laughs> all right. So what was what was the name of the show that, that was a spinoff of it that, that featured? Golden Powers. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and who was the, the actor that was in that, I think, as like the manager or something? It's Don Cheadle. That's, thank yeah, you. We I was trying to remember that. We uh, don't talk about Golden Palace ever. Like... Ever? No, no, no. You wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't have known that. Um, if if we had a presence on Twitter, or when we have a presence on Twitter, and drag queens hear us talking about Golden Palace, they will come for us. Good to so know. just fair warning. I mean, yeah. go, it doesn't have B. Arthur. Like it. Mm. Yes, it does. I oh thought, no, it doesn't. Right? It, it, no, it, it it does briefly, but yeah, it's the other three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on to some of our favorite female actresses. Um, there, in my opinion, there's only one person that everyone should have at the top of their list. Um, but let's like, if 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 you don't have this person at the top of your list, who do you have? So 
because I know who you're going to talk about, and I would love to just let you have that one. I'm going to talk about one that I think is currently my new, my favorite that I th- I see her doing so much more because she started directing films and she's doing other things. And that's Regina King. Mm-hmm. I love Regina King. Mm-hmm. I everything like Boys in the Hood is still one of my favorite movies to this day. She's been in so many different things, but one of the biggest things for me in the most recent times has been that she just killed Watchmen. Like she did. I she murked that love shit. Watchmen, the show so much, and and it's one of those things that's always going to sit with me. Uh, and part of that has to do with the fact that she was just so perfect in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that she made One Night in Miami recently yep. as a director, and I believe she's been attached to a couple of other big movies that are coming up soon. Mm-hmm. But throughout her entire time as doing anything, like Regina King has just been one of my favorite human beings. And it was one of those things that I didn't really realize. Again, it was kind of the same thing. It was like the, the, the director's kind of thing. Like I didn't realize how much I love her and so many things and one of the examples that i'll give you and i don't know how you guys feel about this or if any of you've watched as much as i have but the boondocks Mm -hmm. the fact that she plays a a a small boy Mm -hmm. in in the boondocks and does such a great job killing that just says so much to me um crazy range uh shout out 227 also didn't she direct some of the episodes of the watchmen she did and she also directed a couple of other shows that she was involved with as well but like that's the thing is I think right now people are considering One Night in Miami to be her first like directorial debut because I believe it's it's the first movie that she's directed. So yeah, but it just I I I see so much potential with her and everything else that she's doing right now and the fact that she seems like she's timeless. I mean, Boys in the Hood was what nineteen ninety one. Yeah. So yeah. you know the fact that she the 80s, she yeah. just keeps pulling herself into these. Yeah, like she keeps pulling herself into all these things and doing such a great job. Um, like it just, she kills it so much for me, and it makes me so happy to see her again, just taking over. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more things. The, uh, what else? She she also directed an episode of Insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, she also directed. Um, she what she the um um the leftovers. She had directed some episodes of that too. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah she just she just is so great and and the fact that i think that she's going to be getting the recognition that she deserves damn even so the good doctor shameless this is us yeah directing yeah yep didn't she direct some episodes of american crime story like the one about rape in indianapolis or i can't recall she was in it as an actress yeah i thought she i thought she directed some episodes of that too but anyway no but She did direct an episode of Animal Kingdom, which is correct. One of the most like weirdly yeah, hilarious things that ever happened. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I forgot. We should have shouted out Itanya in the biopic uh, section. We sh- we really should have shouted. That's a fucking good movie. Um. Anybody else have any uh non or I guess off the wall female actresses that they want to put up? Because there's really there's uh, only one person that we can. I mean, the three that I have written down are pretty notable okay. people. Off. What does yeah. off the wall mean? Well, there's one person that everybody should have at the top of their list. So if it's not this person, then just they... say it. Well, say it. Say it. So we know what how to gauge what were our answers. I already be. know who he's gonna say. So do you not know oh. who I'm gonna say? Look, say it. It's Meryl Streep, right? Yeah, she's not off the wall. No, I'm saying if you don't have her on your list, that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. 
Uh, well, okay, like uh, Jimmy, you go ahead and say yours, but I have like three other people that I could talk about as well. So Meryl, not Meryl Streep, but still, Meryl Streep will save that for last because everybody should have her number one. Yeah, but every time these two people are, are on screen, I instantly get pulled in by their the way they do things. Viola Davis, yep, especially in Fences, mm-hmm. she gets me in my feels. Yeah, Fences yeah, is such a good movie. Ugh. If you haven't seen Fences, you need to see it because I just feel like it's such a good movie about just family and how things need to to roll yeah. and how powerful a mom can be. Yeah, home. but 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 also like the relationships that we we make with you know even our family members and the people that we have. And I agree, Viola Davis just kills that movie so much. It's in every show. She's so powerful; it just pulls you in every time. And then the 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 other person I had on my list was Sarah Paulson. Hmm. Yep. I've yep. I've watched Nurse Ratchet and she just she always plays like kind of like an outrageous character, kind of, like American Horror Story and, and Rat Nurse Ratchet. But like I don't know what it is, but it's just something that she does. It just captures me and it pulls me into everything she does. Like even the people versus OJ that series that they did on Netflix, like yeah. that was, or I think it was on FX, but it's on Netflix now. But um, I just, I love her work. Um, I think, what was the one I just recently watched? I think it's called The Runner, where like she keeps her daughter like subdued by like drugs and like makes her think that she has like a, she has something going on, um, like a physical body illness and like, it is so good because she's. Just, I, I believe that's based off of a true story too. Yeah, it's just she's just so good at playing somebody evil. Does Sarah Paulson? Does she? Is she single handedly carry the American Horror Story franchise? I think so. She and and uh, uh, what's his she's name? Very Peters. Part of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because um, I think her performances are. And the crazy part about that is like she's a different kind of character every season. So, if you yeah, haven't, you know who she's. Ratchet one do you know who she's? Incredible. She's partnered with Holland Taylor. I don't know another incredible actress. So her part, her life partner, her love partner, her romantic partner, her significant other, Holland Taylor. If you don't know her, go look at her. She's amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, another, my... another one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, my. Uh, my probably top pick for this other than obviously the ones already mentioned because i agree with them um is kate blanchett Mm, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what level of film she's in whether it be like uh an indie art house all the way up to like lord of the rings or oceans eight yeah um she is incredible I could watch her read a phone book. Literally, she I've never seen her in anything where she doesn't give all of herself to the character. And even if the movie sucks, she's amazing in it. But one of my favorites, other than... I mean, Galadriel is my favorite character in Lord of the Rings anyway, but she does such an amazing job in Lord of the Rings. But also uh, Bandits with Billy Bob Thornton oh, yeah. and Bruce Willis. Sneaky, so good. Yeah. Like her acting in that. Oh my God. That's a good watch. Yeah. It That's is a, a good watch. Great watch. watch. Yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah. Um, one person I want to throw out and, and I know I'm talking a lot, but one person I want to throw out just in terms of being a badass and kind of an action star, at least the way that I've been seeing her recently is Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And I say that because if okay, I love Atomic Blonde, and I will fight anybody in this room who does not like Atomic Blonde because I will tell you how much I love Atomic Blonde, and I know it's not for everybody, but. Between that movie, The Old Guard, which is a, a, a decent little Netflix watch. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Um, seeing her in those kind of roles, I think she's kind of taken up what, in my mind for a long time, was Angelina Jolie's role of being like the badass, you know, action star kind of situation within Hollywood. And right. and I think she, I keep seeing her getting better and better in, in these roles. And as she does more stuff, I look forward to seeing Charlize Theron punch people in the face. Oh, yeah. You know what I, I feel? Think, also- I think Char does it better. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, also a movie that I, I really like, she pulls me in, is The Devil's Advocate. Yes. Just supporting oh, actress so in that, but she does such a good job of, of kind of playing that falling apart while, if you haven't seen that movie, you should watch it. It's really good. It's conniving. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Been having internet issues, so sorry. I'm just going to take my camera off like the other two. But um, no one said Julie Andrews? I was gonna add her to the list, but I think so. There were isn't it, isn't it a bit parochial? Uh, ha, 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 wow! Ha, ha, ha. So now we're stereotyping women I'm and women's history. I'm I would I say like I, I mean she's done stuff, but like I just don't feel like she separates herself like Meryl Streep and stuff like that. That's I just been, think yeah, no, that's you're entitled to it. I just think you're. I think that it's like her her multi-generational career speaks for itself absolutely absolutely um i only had space on my list for two british actresses and judy dench took up one of the spaces uh excellent choice so like dench or julie andrews like which one are you guys gonna why why there's no false dichotomies in this podcast pick both you can't it's one of yes you can there's no uh, is this a tier list? Is this a tier list like we did before? Oh, I made a tier list. I didn't ask you guys God, to make a tier not. list because that would be crazy. Um, <laughs> anybody else have any others? You guys named a lot of the ones that were on my list as well. Viola Davis is just one that came to mind, like Jimmy Bonebone said. Um, but yeah, no, I think these are all good choices. Um, so <laughs> some of the other ones that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about. Vanessa Redgrave like rest in peace amazing right that was the other british person on my list um sally field have you ever not liked sally field in something nor uh yeah, norma I, I was told i was not allowed to after she won an oscar so right right you, you're so funny <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i here's my thing she's done so many movies and she's been so many good things but i'll only remember her as forrest gump's mom i thought you're gonna say sybil um, Vanessa Redgrave's still alive, side note. She's the, oh, is she? Yeah, yeah, she's the same age as my oh, grandma. I'm oh, thinking of Lynn Redgrave. My bad. Um, I'll always remember Sally Field as Forrest Gump's mom. Yeah, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's how it's going to be for me, but um, yeah. Um, Jodie Foster, um, although yeah. I don't think she can do comedy, question mark? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, would, I would probably put Viola Davis in that. Like, she yeah. can comedy but i would rather see her in a serious film yeah if, if you i think i told you guys about this not too long ago but there's a weird film that's on prime right now called hotel artemis and it features her uh dave batista <laughs> right um, so it has, Kevin, it has, Kevin, before it has you finish Kinto, before you but, finish none of us um are allowed to watch it because one of our friends uh we don't want to she she's a sniper let's just say 
um, and we're all afraid of her, and she hates the movie, and she won't let us watch it. So you're you're barking up, yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. You tried to I'm just me now hearing all of that. Like that. I have I have so many questions right yeah. now. Um, so so I guess I'm saying we're after the yeah. pod. Basically, what, I'm what a branch of military? Cat. A bunch of us. Yeah, none of us are gonna watch it just for uh, like out of fear of being sniped on the freeway. Um, you know who you know who the comedy version of Jodie Foster is? Uh, who? Holly Hunter. Oh, you're right. You're right. Holly Hunter also. Home for the holidays. Right, oh shit. Right. Um, Mr. Mayor. She's really great, Mr. Mayor. She is yep. really great. Um, did I? Frances McDormand. Like, can't forget mm-hmm. her. Right. So good. Although, like. All this is Women's History Month. We have to say, like, her husband is one of the Coen brothers. Um, so, you think about it. Um, she so, just doesn't do enough stuff, in my opinion. Put yeah. Meryl at the top. Yeah. I need to know what film wins her, wins you over. For her. me, so it's two. It's two. Silkwood. No. Oh. Um... It's August Osage County and mm. Devil Wears Prada. Um, and I say that because it shows her crazy-ass range. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's what that's why she's on another level. Yeah. Because she has range. She could be in a comedy. Yeah. She sing. She could be in a serious film. Right. She, it's just she has this repertoire that's right. just incredible right she can play a widow with alzheimer's right like in august mm-hmm. osage county like there's there's so there's just so much that she can do also she's been going strong since kramer versus no i guess deer hunter really because she was that was before kramer versus kramer um and she has oh, no deer hunter right she has no stinkers on her resume so my Wasn't top she in one of the godfathers no no she's in what you think of a diane keaton no, 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 no. She's in a mafioso movie. I just don't remember which one. Um, well, I, I'm sad Hufflepuff hasn't mentioned, you know, her classic film, the Greg Kinnear, Matt Damon uh, situation, Stuck on You, where she right. plays Meryl yes! Streep. I love that movie. <laughs> Jesus. People always give that movie so much shit, but I love that movie. Um, But, like, there's, there's, there's so many movies that you can put up. My uh, favorite Meryl Streep movie, hands down, is It's Complicated. With Alec Baldwin, where mm-hmm. yeah, right, where she yeah, she owns like the bakery or whatever. That's a really and good watch. Martin's in it, and they yeah. smoke pot together. It's so good. Right, it's such a good movie. Um, her acting is always ten out of ten. There's really an argument that male or female, she's the best actor of all time. Um, it's like her. <laughs> Dubbed a lot though too. Hasn't she only won like one Oscar? Right. She should have like ten. She she only has three. I think one's for Out of Africa. Here, let's look it up right oh, now. Oh, good movie. Um, but yeah, she should really have like ten. Um, she I think one for like Florence Foster Jenkins or something. Uh, here I'm looking at it right oh, now. I think She's... it's like like one of the more recent ones. I think she finally okay. sealed. So, 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called e- either Evil Angels, which is the name of it in Australia and New Zealand, or A Cry in the Dark, which mm-hmm. is what it was everywhere else. It's about Lindy Chamberlain and her, you know, she was the one who's, she claimed her baby got um, taken and eaten by dingoes. A dingo but there was baby. this whole murder, murder scandal in Australia. Um, right. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, 
it's a really, really good movie. And Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep is married to Sam Neill, and it's incredible. Apparently, people still come up to her and say that too. Um, so her Oscars are for Kramer versus Kramer, a good movie. If you're a child of divorce, like it'll get you. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophie's Choice, uh, shout out. Oh God, Kevin Klein. Also, shout out Sophie's Choice. We had a discussion about it in a psychology class in college, and I I said that like not psychology philosophy and i said that like the fact that sophie had to kill the child was her fault and like based on philosophy it's true but this girl like turned her head and looked at me like i was fucking crazy and it's like bitch like have you been studying actually um, you know what one of my favorites of hers is death becomes her another i was good just one. gonna say no. that i like that one right Love them so much goldie hahn uh, right and then her other win is for the iron lady Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So those are her three. Um, but so my two, I will say Meryl Streep, obviously number one, just like no has no flaws. Sigourney Weaver, um, so like if Meryl is like ten out of ten, Sigourney Weaver's nine out of ten. Nine point nine out of ten. Um, and I, I'll honestly say Sigourney has more screen presence than Meryl. Um, like when Sigourney Weaver's on the screen, you can't not look at her, right? Um, but she's not as good as an as good of an actress um but she but she's up there but i, I had those as two as my top two um he and and one of them we had talked about this in like i think the last podcast but like when i watched cabin in the woods uh she's featured in it for maybe six minutes at best and and every so time good. she's in it though, she's just so like her character is just like punchy and she knows what she's doing and she just commands the room which yeah. is great yeah you know what my favorite sigourney weaver movie is is it <laughs> jeffrey oh oh gonna be off the wall okay working girl galaxy quest <laughs> oh, that's wow. never, never surrender wow right, right. The tim allen the tim allen vehicle right, right. <laughs> that's what i'm saying crazy range um some younger actresses <laughs> that i think have they may be able to reach meryl and sigourney levels lapita nyango uh 10 out of 10 acting uh watch us that shit'll fuck you up um mm-hmm. she does need to show some range though i think she can do it um, like I'd like to see her do. Say some she is a little bit. I mean, she features as an alien in the Star Wars, you know, you know, universe. So yeah. you know, she's working on it. Yeah, she's she like, also has a movie. Uh, there's a horror movie she does, and I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's about her being like a kindergarten teacher or something like that. And like, like it's little a, monsters or something. Yes, yes, and and I've heard it's really good. It's one of those oh, movies that I need to watch. Yet. Is that a biopic or no? <laughs> Not sure. It, it can be if you want to be. Oh, I mean, shit. zombie apocalypse yeah. is about to happen. Is so. that our first original IP that we just um, somebody copyright that right now? Um, Emma Stone uh, already has an yeah. Oscar. Right, she could really have like three Oscars if you think about it. Um, doesn't really have any stinkers and has crazy range. Um, she she has a chance to really get to that level of Meryl and Sigourney. I enjoy her a lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. Z A with her comedic yeah. style and La La Land, I really liked her in Birdman. Yeah, Help. Yeah. Um, Easy. For, for her for her presence alone, not she's not young, so it's not like it's the same thing we're talking about here. But Maya Rudolph always oh yeah sticks out in the crowd yeah. no matter what she does, and she, and then she just she's built that like presence that like. She shows up in some, and I was like, "Oh my God, look, it's Maya Rudolph!" And it's so great. Yeah, actually, you know, what really more stuff. you know what really gets me too with Emma Stone? Tell it's, me, Jay Bone. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man two, Gwen Stacy, I think she's so good, and I almost cry every time when she dies. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Although, Andrew Garfield. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> save that for another podcast. Yeah, let's we'll save that for. And then Andrew Margot Garfield Robbie. Garfield could get it? No, 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 no. Not at all. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Margot yes. Robbie, same as Emma Stone. Um, I think she's yeah. actually a better actress than Emma Stone. Uh, she doesn't quite have the same screen presence as Emma Stone, though. Although, people would... Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, but, yeah. So, Margot Robbie. She's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all I had. Did you guys have any like parting shots that you wanted to, to throw out there before we got out of here for the week? I take that as a no. I mean, I mean, Nat- I mean Natalie Portman... Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even one of the first films that I seen her in, The Professional, such a good movie. But also, there's some issues there. They kind of made her kind of like a. I mean, obviously, Catherine Heigl. No. <laughs> and this will be the yeah, last episode that Kevin premiere or er, features on. We like hey, watching twenty-seven oh. dresses. It's no, relatable. she's bad in everything. <laughs> I got electric boobs. So this has been we like watching. We hope that you've you've enjoyed listening to us. Don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. Um, next week we're going to be talking about something. Uh, we hope you're up for the conversation. Mm-hmm. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.